Today, we're talking with a guest who teaches a method for producing books which doesn't require any typing and results in an initial completed manuscript, usually within only a week. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shattered a Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. Uh, we've got an awesome, awesome show. Marty Dickinson's going to be here with us. But before we dive into the interview, as always, I just want to give you an update for the show's sponsor, which is my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. Thank you so much to all the people who continue to send in such awesome feedback. And thanks to all of the wonderful reviews on Amazon. We're now just about at 900 global ratings that are displaying on the U.S. site and on many of the other sites. So I could not be happier or more grateful for all the wonderful feedback. In addition to that, the YouTube channel is going really well for it also. And speaking of that 900 number, we've now surpassed 900 subscribers for the YouTube channel devoted to the book. You can go check it out yourself by going to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. And again, I, I love the feedback. I love the comments. I really am so grateful that people dig the content in a way that it's really helping them. And it's really getting them excited for using the law of attraction. I, you know, obviously, when I started this podcast, it wasn't about that. And technically, it still isn't. This is an entrepreneurial podcast. But, you know, when you do a business, you've got to do it around a passion that you really believe in. And you've got to do it in a way that will hopefully help the people that, you know, that buy your products. And so far, I've been so happy that it's been the case for this specific book and that specific YouTube channel. So uh, I invite anyone who hasn't checked out the book yet to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com or again, the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Uh, with that said, let's not waste any time here. Let's dive straight into our interview. And we're going to switch up mics and dive in with Marty. Okay, so today's guest um I, I guarantee you there's no introduction, at least in my opinion, that could really do him justice because he is just he's so dynamic in what he's doing. And, you know, to say he's the founder and president of HereNextYear.com, which we'll talk about briefly, um, that in and of itself says a lot. But um, Marty Dickinson is also uh, the author of Lions Always Win, How to Spot What You Want in Business and Life and Get It Too. And he is the founder of ProduceMyBook.com, which we will definitely get into because when you hear what he is doing, you'll understand very quickly why I wanted to put him on this show. So without any further ado, Marty Dickinson, thanks so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Happy to be here. We have an important message to get out there. I'm ready to share. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost glad that I had like this kind of like order of, of things we can go through because there is so much. I guess it's really good, though, just so people understand a little bit more about you who have not heard your name. If you could tell me just a little bit about here next year and, and what that really entails. Okay. Well, we work with a lot of new professional speakers and business owners and authors to help them use writing, speaking, and internet marketing all together. If you're leaving any one of those three pieces out as you build your business, you are just leaving money on the table. It takes a combination of all three. So that's what we do it here next year. Nice. That's good because, you know, I find a lot of times, um, you know, authors in particular or speakers, they're so focused on the message itself. 
And, you know, obviously that's a huge part of the equation, but they think that that's magically going to fix if they're not handling other steps. It's going to magically get their message out. So it's good to know someone who, you know, understands this world, obviously, who can kind of make sure that all those pieces where they're just, they're missing a little bit of, if there's a little gap there, helping them fill the gap so they can really express them full, their souls fully and actually get their message out the way they've always intended to. Yeah. And Andrew, you know, you've heard the saying before that people buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? Been yes. around for years. Well, now I believe that message has really morphed a little bit, but you, you have to be that. People need to know, like, and trust you, but you need to be visible too. The days of just kind of hiding in your basement and trying to do everything, unless you're willing to put out thousands of dollars for Facebook ads in exchange, it's just better to be visible. There's so many opportunities to be visible, even though stages are shut down around the world still because of our current situation. There are so many places you can become visible and people are just, they're just longing to find people who are actually real people <laughs> that they can grow to know and like and trust. But that visibility is a main factor in making all that happen now because there's just so much inundation out there of people and information. You have to be visible. Right. So, you know, it's really hearing you say that, I'm like, we're going to change it from no like and trust to no like trust and see. That's the whole thing. (laughs) There you go. You've just revolutionized the industry. (laughs) Beautiful. That one's all yours, by the way. Feel free to steal it. Um, And the beauty of it is here we are, you know, we're we're kind of closing out 2020. And I say that confidently because I know that I'm going to put out this podcast in a timely fashion. So this won't come out. We're like, wait, this is 2020. It's like, no, we're putting this out good. And with that in mind, like 20 years ago, people would not have the same options. If all the things going on this year had happened 20 years ago, people would literally be stuck and stagnate no matter what. Whereas, you know, you've got Zoom and you've got Facebook and you've got all these opportunities, many of which people don't even think of and understand that they are opportunities that they can be getting themselves out right now. And I've also even personally noticed, I am still trying to figure out whether this situation hurt my book sales or in some indirect way enhanced it because I had very successful months in book sales, but my book was also new. So me personally, I cannot quantify whether the situation of the world got more people kind of indoors and looking on Kindle and and getting the book, or if it would have exploded more if people were living their lives. That's a confusing thing, but I do know it was out despite what was going on in the world today. Right. Mine actually launched two weeks before America shut down. Wow. (laughs) So I was just in that whole launch period and things were going well. And then people, the only thing people spent money on was toilet paper for like a month. Maybe it was canned food is the second, but toilet paper came first. You had to have that. (laughs) I mean, that's how it was back then. And, And so things have changed now. So people are finally realizing, oh, well, you know, we still need to go forward, even though we're, we're in this, next normal, so to speak, we still have to progress. And that's where people are now. So I think they're coming back to the fact that, well, hey, we need to to learn new things. One great way to learn new things is to get back into books and not just children's books. Because I know there was an influx of 
sales for children's books for April, May, and June, because all the kids were home, parents were trying to find anything they could to to supplement that and, and keep their kids entertained. But, you know, now the parents, a lot of kids are back in school, or at least they have a routine at home with yeah. their with their school from home. And and now they're looking for, well, I have to do something too. And I need to expand my my knowledge base and start learning new things. So books are definitely back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I figure it was an influx of uh, children's books and alcohol sales, whatever they right. can do to cope, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in Colorado, you know, we're legal for other things too here. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Those I'm parking sure that's skyrocketed. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to talk about like where we're going now with this, but just out of curiosity, because I had no idea that your launch was around such a critical time where things were quote unquote stalling. I'm curious, based on your insight and expertise, were there any specific strategic moves that you made in that moment to try to compensate or account for that? Mm. Well, we do a lot of pay-per-click advertising on Amazon for all the books that we work with. And they just, all all the sales just dropped. I mean, it, it just fell off a ledge. And hey, you know, we're human too. We were we were kind of uh, sideswiped by the whole COVID scene and we were worried. I'm probably at high risk. I'm 54 years old. I'm not exactly a size two. So <laughs> I am at risk. And so we were curious and a little bit nervous about what would happen and how, how we would deal with things. And then we actually, just to be honest, I had a, a, a 21-year-old um kid that was on one of my first baseball teams that I coached and he died of COVID in early April. So somebody that was very close to me lived right down the street and his father was my assistant coach. So we were pretty close to the whole ordeal of COVID. So we had some mourning to get over ourselves and some, you know, just going through that period where you're you're saying to yourself, what's going to happen here? If it could happen to Cody at 21 years old, the guy that plays college baseball and is healthy, it could happen to anyone. So it really gets into your mind. And it took about a month for me to say, okay, well, that happened. Now I need to move forward again. I need to talk to my clients and figure out where things are, get the book thing going again, start writing again. All those things had to start progressing forward. So now we're just, I mean, you know, all, all, all engines are firing now because here we are in September still. This is like New Year's. I mean, after Labor Day, it's like a new year for business owners. So <laughs> we, we, we worked all summer long so that we could have new things to offer and really ramp up everything that we were doing for the coming year. So it's really an exciting time. Right. And, you know, we were saying a few minutes ago, like this really is about, you know, taking this opportunity and taking this moment to do things. And I'm imagining that that's what like producemybook.com is really about. And, you know, people don't understand what you're really doing, obviously, because they're hearing about it right now for the first time, at least my listeners, but you're basically, uh, stream, uh, I don't know if streamlining the process is the right way, but you're, you're certainly speeding it up without dropping quality. You're, you're, you're helping people take a message or a book that they want to write. And rather than them sitting in front of a laptop and dealing with writer's block for two years and never getting it off the ground, you're engaging them in a process through interviews and interactions and basically massaging of what they give you. And you're crafting the majority of the book, if I'm not mistaken, in like one or two weeks tops. Is that a fair way of putting it? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a long history with books. I mean, I'm actually probably the the least likely person you'd ever know to write a book. We we really need to start with that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and we can talk about that story maybe in a minute, but coming full circle up to the point where I wrote my first book, which is right there on the wall. It's called Winning the Internet Dogfight. I launched that in 2004. Had no idea how to how to produce a book and spent about $5,000 or so getting the design done and had to get printing done because at that time there really wasn't a lot of popularity with with you know Amazon and eBooks, the whole eBook generation that took off. So I had to spend some money out of my pocket. But I realized after using that book to start speaking at workshops and do training, I brought in over $200,000 in new business in just a couple of months. So the investment for that book paid off. And I was, I mean, I had clients, I had to hire four people to just to work on the projects that we took on. So everything sort of domino affected from there. I wrote three spinoff books based on that initial book. And I sold them for $97 a piece, by the way. So these were not you know, just cheap, you know, $10 books. And, and training came along with that. Consulting came along with that as well. And then the, the, the Wiley guys came after me. They saw me giving workshops and they had me produce this monster <laughs> 900 pages. We did two of these. And that's where I was introduced to traditional publishing. And quite honestly, the nightmares associated with with traditional publishing. I mean, we, we did two of these and every time I had to submit a chapter, I was so busy during the week that the only way I could write was to make a big pot of coffee at nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. And I would stay up all night and write one chapter. And I, I was writing as fast as I could and I'd down that coffee and I'd make another one. Not exactly the healthiest way to go, is it? But right. I had a deadline. It had to be in that ch- the chapters each had to be in by 12 o'clock noon, or they'd find another contributor for that book. So the, the, you know, the pressure was on. So I had to get that done. I had to figure out how to write very fast. And when I got done with the first one, I said I'd never do it again. If a hmm. publisher came to me and they had a, a deadline, I would know the only time I'd be able to write it would be at nine o'clock at night on a Sunday. It's just, it's just how my lifestyle is. I, I'm not one to get up at four o'clock in the morning and churn out 500 words. That's what the coaches all tell you to do. Right. So, so we got through all the, the, you know, the for dummies stuff. And, and I, I got to a point where I wanted to write another book and I, but I needed to figure out a different way to do it. Cause I, <laughs> I'm not a fast writer. I'm not particularly a very good writer, but I really beat everything to death. So I'll write a paragraph and I'll go back and change it. And then I'll change it again. And then I'll walk around for a while and then I'll change it again. And then I'll get writer's block and then I'll put it off. And then maybe a week later, come. it just never gets done. It's yeah, just yeah. crazy. And I know a lot of people are like that. So I had to create something new, something that was, that was easy for me to do and a way that would be fun and, and just eliminate the writer's block. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, what we're talking about nonfiction here because there are people who might be listening like, listen, there's no way you're going to write Harry Potter doing that. It's like, well, that's not the point. The point is the thing about nonfiction books 
is people are not consuming it so much for entertainment as utility and, and taking something that they can use to enhance our lives. So it really becomes a question, again, correct me if I'm wrong on all this, is it's about presenting the information in a way that's actually going to help them, that's going to inspire them, that's going to help them move forward in the book, not because they want to find out what happens to the butler at the end, but they basically, they're engaged enough that they're understanding everything, everything's landing. So of course they're gonna turn the page and of course they're gonna continue the information consumption process that they, they began when they started reading the book. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was after too. I needed to produce a way, like, I needed to come up with a way to produce content that would be better, higher quality than what I could even produce myself if I was to take two or three months to churn out <laughs> a single chapter. I mean, it would literally take me that long to write if it was left to my own devices and schedule to write my own chapter and self-publish a book. Oh my goodness. It just take forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to come up with a way that, that was better, but you know, you brought up the idea between fiction and nonfiction and it, it just happened to hit me that, yeah, this is entirely for nonfiction. I have, no interest in fiction. I, I have only read one novel in my life. I'm not even sure if you can call it a novel, but have you ever heard of the, the book, The Outsiders? Yes. Well, yeah. The Outsiders is the only book I've ever, re ever read that is not a nonfiction book. And I, I first read it in the fourth grade when I had to give a book report. And I read the book, gave my book report, and then I hated the act of reading a fiction book so much that I use that same book all the way through my first year of college. <laughs> Every time we had to give a book report, here's my outsider's book, here's my book report. It worked really well, but that's what I say. I'm like the least likely person to ever be involved with books because I never liked books until I started my business. And I finally realized the value of reading nonfiction books where you can learn so many things and even more than things, but processes. You can learn people's methods and apply them to your own situation. So ever since then, everything I've ever written has always been a method, a sequence. Here are the steps. You want the steps? One, two, three, four, five. Here they are. You want sub steps? Well, here they are. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the beauty of writing these kind of books is that you get to tell your message of exactly what people need to do to go from point A to B. If they're in a situation, then here's what you do. Here are the steps. And there's, you know, with, with a traditional publisher, like what I went through, I would give them a series of steps and they'd say, well, thanks a lot for those 21 steps, but we're really going to cut it down to four. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, okay, but it's not going to be complete that way. So right, this method right. allows you to be complete. And that's what people are willing to pay for. And that's what also generates five-star reviews for your book because you generate complete content this way. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that part up because it's very interesting to hear you talk about the the value and the beauty of the process that you're putting people through as they're reading those books. And the thing about that is like you've created the process to create those books that create the process. And like you said, there is a psychology and it's not cheating your way to a five-star review. It's about finding a format that's going to basically be an enjoyable, consumable, helpful read to people. So of course the five-star review is coming on the tail end of that. 
And I really, again, this is so cool for me, like when I first heard that you were doing this, because I kind of look at myself as a big deal in the sense that I wrote a 208 page book in nine and a half weeks. I'm sure. like, look at me. But you're yeah. like, well, actually, we can write that in about a week instead. And it's like, <laughs> it's that's hey. so cool. It's like, it's a wonderful thing. I love the fact that like when we test limits, because we have these preconceived notions about what it means to write a high quality book that's going to get five star reviews, and it's going to get people enthusiastic, and it's going to be a bestseller on Amazon and all these things. And again, I thought I broke lives. Yeah. again. It's going to change lives. If yes. That's the Literally best changing someone's life, the way they are living their life. Absolutely. And I love the fact that we keep redefining those limits and basically shrinking them down. And again, it sounds to me like, you know, through an, an arduous process of dealing with publishers and knowing what that's like and knowing what it's like to have the writer's block or just have to get up at 4 a.m. and all those pieces, you've almost basically had to evolve and construct a process that doesn't end around through that but by then same token, having to maintain a level of quality and probably surprising the author of the book in the level of quality and the level of uh, clarity that is delivered when you're engaging in an actual process of laying out that information. Because again, it's nonfiction. This isn't like storytelling. This yeah. is sequencing of information. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, you shouldn't, you shouldn't discount your ability to write the book that you have in the time frame that you wrote it. Because obviously you enjoyed the process. You're a great writer. You're fast at writing. I'm about a third of the way through your book. I just got it last night. And there's a lot of synergy between your book and mine. If we put them in as a bundle, like people got your book and they got my book. Oh my goodness. There is nothing people could not accomplish. (laughs) You and I should do like a summit together or some kind of day long training. It would be amazing. Oh, I'm down. I would love to talk about that. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. But, but, but this process is the best for people who really dislike writing or they don't have any time for writing. People that are always on the go, this is perfect for them because it doesn't disrupt the day. They, they, there's no prep for this. We have, we have two, we need to get into the process of how to construct a book like this. And yeah, please dive, dive on in. Oh, and the, the real secret sauce to all this is that two people are involved with writing. It's collaborative writing. So if I was to have, if, I, if you and I were to write a book together, you would be the expert source on the law of attraction. And I would be your guide through the process. So I would be the one doing all the prep work. And then you would show up for the session. <laughs> and then you'd say, well, Marty, what are we going to talk about? And I would lead you through a process to identify just that. And by the end of it, you would know what your method is. Everybody has a method. I mean, even if you've, if you, if you think you don't, you are not an expert at something, I can prove to you that you are, even if you are just 10 years old. Mm. If you've been alive for 10 years, you are an expert at survival. Nobody has lived this life and stayed alive like you. And you could write a book about that. So if you're really desperate to come out with a book and you feel you are good at nothing, (laughs) you can at least do that. You and I could get on a phone call and I could walk you through a series of steps and we would be able to identify your five-step method for 
that for getting to 10 years old. I, I, I have proven it because when my daughter was 11, we actually did this process. Wow. That's <laughs> when I was awesome. first developing the process and I said, well, so what's your topic? And we, we talked about it a little bit and she's, she's really happy, you know, like I am, I'm always happy, always smiling. And, and so is my daughter. And I said, that's your expertise. You are happy like no one else. Let's talk about how someone can be happy. So we went through and talked about it. I guided her through this process. Process, so an 11 year old can do this. If that's possible, anyone can do this process, but you need to have a guide that can properly bring you through this process of the content development, what it's going to be about, discovering what you're really good at, your true expertise, and what those three, four, five, six, maybe seven steps are, but really the, the key is five. That's what we like to focus on. Mm -hmm. And then build the book around those steps. And then that, that sequence of steps that we come up with that becomes what we call your gem, your genuine expert method. Everybody learns how to do methods. We go to seminars, we read books, we attend summits, we all learn how to do new things through trial and error, but there, there's the method that we're taught and that we learn, but eventually you morph that method and it becomes genuine to you. So you become the expert in that genuine expert method. And that's your gem. That's your moneymaker. That's why I call it a gem because that's where the gold is. That's where the diamonds are. <laughs> so we build the book around that gem. And anybody can do that if you have the proper guide walking you through the process. So I hear you, you mentioned like, you know, we'll whittle down to five steps. I, I'm getting the feeling like there's certain people listening. They're like, well, steps and i'm going to assume based on another conversation that we kind of had together that they might not realize that's actually good news because they've got three books in them rather than just one and At they minimum, can really yeah. they can be so much more prolific because i think another challenge people have and this by the way is why i feel a lot of people will take two years is because they're trying to come up, and I've been guilty of this myself, of the perfect way of articulating too much at once, not realizing that the brain of the reader doesn't want or need to consume it on that level and would much rather have something that's a little bit, a little more um, straightforward, so to speak. Because again, that's where the five-star reviews in, that's where the business comes in for people that are using the book to prop up their business. And again, that's where demand for those later books comes in. So it actually becomes a business and becomes a status build for them without them trying to do too much or force too much into it. Right. Well, one of the greatest techniques for selling more books is to write another book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have, I mean, you think about it. It used to be that if you had one book, that was your life book. You put 400 pages into it or you know, 900. I mean, who wants to, <laughs> those days are over, man. They really are with this, with these real thick books. People now, I mean, you know, here's a quality book, how okay. to speak for fun and profit by the legendary Joe Saba. He helped to found the, the uh, Colorado, chapter of National Speakers Association. He's been teaching people how to get into the speaking business for more than 30 years. Well, we got this book into this forum, his entire three-hour seminars in this book, and yeah. it turned into his legacy book. 
and we died last year and we got to put his his whole process into this book but that's that's what people want to read they want to be able to read a book in three or four hours the the amount of time on a plane flight to go from the east coast to the west coast and they want to have it done and they want to have clear action steps as a result of reading that book yeah that's, and, the and that's what people want depending on audience preferences some people will be watching this on video some will people will be listening to the audio so for those that are on audio right now marty flipped the book sideways and it was actually it was thinner than you might expect but the thing about it is you know as you were just you know articulating when we're talking about a non-fiction book you don't need a 500 page book it's that's not you you need you need an idea you basically need to convey an idea and value whether that value is in 30 pages or 300 it's about conveying the value because that's where the business comes from yeah there's one more com- component too and it's a matter of how people actually read books now. A lot of listeners out there, they might not know that when you put a book onto Amazon, the ebook version of it, you can see the percentage of how far someone reads the book. Mm-hmm. And if all your readers only get to 15% of your book, you're not going to get paid a cent for that book. You need to get them into the 70, 80, 90, 100% range just to even get paid for the book. So we've been watching and, and really honing in on our process for the construction of content so that people get through the pages and through at least most of the book so that they get paid. <laughs> so, so at least you see the revenue coming in. I mean, not that everybody's going to make their millions of dollars just on book sales alone, but you still want to know that you're actually getting something directly in return when you put a book on there. And that's the way to do it. So the, the key, the sweet spot we've found to be about 30 to 34,000 words. So mm. the so that amount you're able to put enough real meat into the book cuz who who wants to get a book that is just a bunch of fluff and it doesn't serve any doesn't give you the action steps, doesn't give enough detail, you're going to get bad reviews. Of course, if you put a 400-page book out there and people only get 25% of the way through it, well, think of what kind of reviews you're going to get for that. This book was too much or there was a lot of fluff. I needed something more concise than this. So, so then, you know, your, your payments go down because people are reading only a smaller percentage. There's a lot of strategy and testing that has to be done right now, too, so that you construct your book in a way that people will read it. Right. Yeah. Now, when we were talking about this um, earlier this week, you know, we were like prepping, like, because I was, I was really excited about having you on. I'm like, well, I don't want to give your, uh, your secret sauce away because, you know, like, you got to make money. It's like, no, no, you're like, no, Andrew, I want people to get this. I want them to learn it. I want them to be able to apply it. But there's also limits because you can't really teach this in an hour. There, there is a process. And I imagine, you know, that, you know, they, they want to fervently dive in. But with that said, since we've got you here and since there might be aspiring authors out there, are there any tips you might convey to people that are trying to find a way to streamline the process or a question they can ask themselves or something they can do to better pull out these gems that you're speaking of so they can actually see that the book is, doesn't have to be 500 pages and can really be delivered a lot more easily? Well, the, I'd say the first thing is that you should start by trying to do something small like help a friend with a blog post. 
I mean, you know, on my website, on producemybook.com, we have a training program for that where I actually do teach this from A to Z. You can go through the whole pro- program. There is a cost to it, and there's support with it too. So but I know there are a lot of people very limited at this point. So you could just go to the website, look up blog posts, look how we've formatted books, get some of the books that we've had. If you have Prime, I mean, they're all you know, they're free. If you have a prime membership, just get the eBooks and you can see the format that we do. It's pretty easy to, to reverse engineer things. But mm. most importantly, the key is to start small. So help mm. a friend with a blog post and say, hey, I want to get you on the phone and I want to ask you what a problem is related to your industry so that you can produce a blog post about it. So you see, so let's talk about something that's in the news. What's, what's the problem related to your industry? So first of all, a pro- big problem right now is this. Huh, well, tell me about that. What are three steps that people can take for a solution to that problem? So they go through one, two, and three, just as a one-liner, and then say, okay, well, now we're going to go through each one of those three, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And this is kind of the thing that would take longer <laughs> to yeah. train because then now we get into content development and transitions and putting all that together. But that's how I started is I just started asking questions and it, it was just a conversation, but on a, a but I, I realized there's, there's one missing component here to somebody just going out and starting to talk to somebody and interviewing. And that is that if, if you were to go over to somebody's house and say, I'd like to interview you and and we'll start putting a book together. Well, what's going to happen? The friend is going to say, okay, well, let me go get that case of beer out and we'll sit out in the back patio and we'll have our cigars and we'll talk about my book and you can interview me until three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to come out? I mean, that's not going to be a quality product. That's the problem. And then we have, you know, there's this exploration right now with, that a lot of people are doing of how can I produce content that I don't have to type? So a lot mm. of the suggestions out there are, well, go record your speeches. When you get on a virtual live and you give a presentation, keep the recording, convert it to text. And then you do enough of those, you'll have your book. Well, that's not exactly true either, because when you're speaking, of what you say is entertainment. You're trying to engage the audience. You're telling jokes and stories and all that. And a small percentage is actually training. But in a book, it's the reverse. You need to do mostly training and just enough entertainment and funny language to keep the person engaged to go to the next page. So that doesn't work. Well, what else is there? Well, you can grab your recorder and you can just walk around the neighborhood and start talking into a recorder. You know, this has all been done before. There's no secrets here. Mm-hmm. You can try that, but I'll tell you, you're going to come up short. And you know why? Because you're only one person. And that one person, you, can't ask yourself questions. When you go through a sequence that you want to put in your book and you say, okay, here's step one, step two, step three you're not going to realize that those three steps are not coherent, that people don't understand what you're saying. But me, if I'm guiding you through this process and you, you start going off on, you know, using all these acronyms, I'm going to say, what was ABC? What, what does that stand for? Why is that important? Well, what are the sub steps to get to there? And, and then you say, you're, now you're, you know, you're rolling your eyes and you're saying, oh my gosh, Marty, you're so basic. You don't even know what ABC means. <laughs> well, yeah, because your readers don't either. So see how, how it takes that other person to really get into the 
depths of the content. And what happens at that point is your author gets to what I call the go zone. It's kind of like the runner's high. If you can get them to this level where they start spewing content and they're just running with it and you're asking questions and you're in, in their mind with them, then they produce this amazing gold that they would never come up with on their own because right. they're so fixated on writing and crafting the perfect sentences when they're typing. Yeah. So that's the difference with this process. But in answer to your question, start small and work your way up to the point where you develop your own method for creating the content throughout the book. Nice. You know, there's so much to extrapolate from that answer. And even the sense of I sometimes I've I've heard the advice for people with writer's block, you know, when you write, you know, and you're finishing up for the day, begin a sentence and don't don't finish it. Finish it the next day because it kind of rolls you in. It seems like, you know, not not that you're um, adhering to that specifically, but you are going in with the mind of like, listen, it's about getting someone in a flow where, again, they're not in this place of like having to come up with the perfect wording right away it's not about that it's about getting the ideas on paper in wow. in a succinct clear easy way that's actually going to be applicable to the people going to read and then massaging those words which i imagine you and your staff do so that that it's then it's consumable and then it's like it's the five star reviewed and then it's going in that direction right yeah that, that's the that's the next step in the process and we call it noodling this is actually part of a four-step process that i call the done method d-o-n-e First, you have to develop. You have to develop what you're going to be talking about, right? That's where the gem comes into play. And then you have to obtain the content, which is what we just talked about a little bit. But then you have to noodle the content. This mm -hmm. isn't even about sending it to the editor. You know, a lot, a lot of offers out there will say, I can help you write a book in three hours. All you need to do is do this step, this step, this step, and then ship it off to Fiverr, and somebody will put it all together for you for $10 <laughs> and, you know, overnight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you really want to put your company name on a book like that? I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, you know, I, no way, you know, a bad book can hurt your business just as much as a good book can help it. So be mm. very careful how you approach this whole book process. And really, there are so many shiny object syndromes out there to fall into. Just be very careful. But the, the noodling is actually the most difficult part that we've discovered about the book because how you talk is not how people read. So right. you get the initial manuscript complete, but now it takes someone that's not even an editor, but somebody that is more a broad spectrum person. They can see the entire book all laid out and they can see all the sections and the chapters within the sections and then the quadrants within each chapter. And they move the quadrants around and then massage the content so that it's readable. That's, the, that's, where, that's where the excitement happens with a book produced with this method is taking all that content and moving things around. And it's a yeah. very special person that can do that noodling. And it's, it's just, it's not someone that, that has English as a second language. Sorry, I've tried. You know, we, <laughs> we've been doing this yeah. for a long time. And it, it really takes somebody that's actually more like a sales copywriter. That's yeah. the closest I can, I can think to, to what kind of person does a really good job with noodling. Because so, it, you, you are using the whole book to essentially sell a, a message, you know, a method to someone. So it's so funny, Marty, that you said that specifically, because as you were describing the noodling, I thought to myself, like, well, that's 
a lot of what I did for my book. Um, I, I noodled it like seven times over. And as you were singing, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, as Marty's talking about this, how did I do it? I realized it was because I had spent so many years copywriting. I applied those specific skills. They weren't, they weren't my, it wasn't the author muscle. It was the copywriter muscle. And those Uh, that know understand it's a huge difference between an author and a copywriter. And I realized like I used that specific skill set more than others when I was noodling and when I was getting the book to a point, because like you, I understand it's not enough to get them to read the beginning. You want them to follow through to the end, almost right. like a long form sales copy letter where like you want them excited and going through the whole thing. So I really appreciated that answer. And the fact that you and me are on that same wavelength of it being like a copywriter. That's, that's exactly where I'm going. You so, know, actually, uh, Andrew, you, you have just touched on a, a sentence, a, a sentence long of content that is worth someone listening to this entire program because nobody talks about that. And mm. I don't even care if you're not using my system because you wrote your book and you just said that you were noodling your own book that you wrote and you sat down and typed that sucker, right? And then I'm talking about a completely different method. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show that to write a good book, there needs to be something in between the initial content generation and the editor. Yes. Can you imagine how many people skip that step? Too many. And, and worse yet, I mean, you know, I think some people think they're not skipping it. They think they're actually doing it, but they're not going through the process. Because, because of years and years and years of traditional publishing method. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm not just on this program to sell a program, to sell books. I really want to genuinely change how the, the whole writing industry looks at producing nonfiction books. This mm. is the content generation change <laughs> right here. This is the, the way of the future that's happening now. I mean, I'm not the only one doing this. There are other, nobody quite does it the way I do it, but there are other people that you can get on the phone with for four hours and, you know, they'll go, they'll go ghostwrite your whole book for you for $40,000. Mm. <laughs> there are all kinds of opportunities out there. But what we just discovered is that there has been something missing in producing nonfiction books for years. And it's that the sales copywriting function has been left out. It's mm. jumped from initial content generation to editor. And that's a big mess step there. Yeah. It's so funny to hear you say that because I, I kind of had the, the insight about that. I always thought to myself, like, you know, I can't tell you how good my book is. I'll let the readers do that. But I always felt like it did have a leg up and an advantage on other authors in the sense that I at least knew to engage in that step in that process before yes. putting the book out. Oh, that's so great. I, I really want to finish your book now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where's he going with this? Well, also, I mean, ideally, hopefully I've done my job and where you're at right now, you're like you, you're enjoying the process and it's kind of, it's basically got a, 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 a sense of a, a flow to it where you're just like gliding, gliding on through the content. That's, I actually, yeah. I took things out of the book because they slowed down the flow. I'm like, I will repurpose this some other way. I want, it was very important that those 200 pages felt like a quick 200 pages for people. Yeah. 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 That's great. I mean, that's how it should be. They should be done with the book and, and they think, what did I just read? That one. Yeah. So that, that one. So it's like thinking grow rich. I mean, that was yeah. the first book that I read where I felt like that. I mean, I was glued 
to the pages. And literally, I was done with the book. And it happened so fast. All I wanted to do is read it again. Mm. And that's where the principles really sunk in is the second time through. And that's just like with, with, uh, with Lions Always Win, that's what I'm hearing from people as they go through the book and like, oh my gosh, this is actually a transformation book. I'm supposed to do something here. And there's actually a free web-based tool at the end of it that I can use to help me. Now I need to go back and actually do the exercises that Marty suggests. And that's where the transformation occurs. If, if you can craft something like that, that makes somebody not just read the book once, but twice or even more. Oh my goodness. You, you really have a gem on your hands. Then. Yeah. And that, that's such an interesting concept because it's almost like a movie that people like. They like to keep watching the movie over and over again. But again, this isn't fiction. It's nonfiction. So it's nonfiction and it's real, but it has that, 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 some, that unspoken quality to it that people just enjoy the process and they want to go through it and they want to relive and refeel the insights that they got as they were going through those gems. Yeah, yeah. And I've always thought that, I mean, again, I was never a big reader. And when I started reading nonfiction books, a weird thing happened. I felt like I became part of the author. It's like they went through this whole life experience and they went from hell to heaven and you know, all this stuff. You, you can just see all the, you can see the stories as they occurred and you think, oh my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and, 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 and because they shared their experience, it might not happen to you. You have a pretty good chance of avoiding things like that. So you take a little bit of their experience and their life with you. And I just, I've always thought that you become part of the, you bring the author's soul in your own body or something. I don't know what it is, but there's something spiritual about reading nonfiction books, which also means you have to be kind of careful <laughs> because you, you want to, you know, I, I always believe in, in, uh, in my lion's book, I say that you become the people you hang around kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like you are what you eat. Well, the same thing applies to people you hang around. So if you're going to hang around for a month and read a nonfiction book and really take notes and dig into it, you're going to become partly that person. So you have to kind of be careful who you read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you want to take on the, the qualities of that, that are healthy and that are intelligent and, you know, if we're talking about business strategic and things like that, not self-destructive and not erratic and, you know, just a, a good and better path. Yeah. And um, I did want to ask you just because I didn't, believe it or not, before we hopped on this call, I didn't know that you would name the process done. What does the E stand for? For elevate. Once mm. you're done with the content, you need to elevate it to an actual book. So those are all the things that it takes to finally produce the actual book, which includes editing cover design, coming up with a title, which has a very scientific way of coming up with titles these days, which is awesome. I even have a little web-based tool I use for that, (laughs) that I created, but also, you know, your, your back cover copy, your, the, what the description of the book on Amazon. I mean, there's so many things that have to be done before you can actually launch the book, including building your launch team and adopting your launch process. Everybody wants to get Amazon bestseller, right? It's the big carrot to hang out there, but even more importantly than that, I challenge your listeners to, yeah, I mean, for your business, it might be important to go for that status symbol of Amazon bestseller, but I challenge you to, to think beyond that. What mm-hmm. happens after your launch week? Are you just going to let the book die? So, so many people do. You'll, you'll see videos of people 
where they they have they show Amazon bestseller it's launch day here's my video and they have the video up on YouTube for like a year and then you go look at the book and it's like you know seven hundred thousand yeah it's <laughs> got six reviews <laughs> in a category I mean it's like yeah. nobody's bought the book for the past eight months <laughs> they bought so, it for the first day and a half and that was it yep exactly <laughs> so uh, so my my strategy is always to sell a book for three, four, five years. I mean, it's something that can be enjoyed by people for a long time. You know, maybe not things that are really trendy, like search engine optimization is always changing, but that's the beauty of Amazon as well, is that you can always just make a new edition and make changes to your book, re-upload it, and now you've got a current version. So keep mm-hmm. the books updated. Don't, don't just put one book out there and let it sit there forever. Keep updating it. Let it change with the times. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because like if you're to- using a book to boost your business, based on what you're describing in in that step E, the the book itself is a business in and of itself because mm-hmm. there there's a strategy behind the cover design and the title. It's I think even authors that that think that they're in the game they don't understand the real importance of a title because right. oftentimes they want to get too fancy with it when, when they don't realize a simpler title, depending on their niche might go a lot further because the customer or the prospect is going to read a lot more. And I also love what you said about, you know, keeping it going because if you, again, you're going to use a book as an entrepreneur to boost your business or really support your business, you want a lot of legs. So you don't want a bunch of sales in the first day and a half. You want a steady flow that's going to bring in a steady flow of prospects and clients and customers to the other legs of your business. And that's a real strategy. I mean, if you can make money selling your book, by all means do it. But by that same token, depending on your business, it's so important to have a recognition that the book can be leading to other aspects of what you're doing, independent of how much money you make. I mean, if if you're going to sell a way more of the book at $2 versus $10, Put it for $2, get more people on board, give the book some legs because that's the whole point of doing it to begin with, not so that you have a bestseller and a YouTube video about it for a year that's going to sit there and do nothing else. Right. And sometimes your book will take off in directions you don't even expect it to with legs. And this is a a good example right here, this picture on the wall. This is not my dog. It's actually part of my book cover from my very first book, Winning the Internet Dog Fight. Uh. It it was developed by a design company. I had nothing to do with it. They just found this picture and I liked it. So we put it on the book cover and it became my mascot. You can't tell because it's on my wall, but that's about a three and a half foot high picture. So mm. every time I would do a workshop or go in public, I would have that with me. And at the end of it, at the beginning, I would say, I would introduce everybody to the picture and say, this is my buddy, Action. Action is actually a mascot. So, and I mean, speakers all over, they get on stage and they say, all this stuff that I've taught you is worthless unless you're really willing to take action. I just got tired of hearing that. So I gave him a face. So my dog is it, that's that's his name. He's my mascot. His name is Action. And next time you find yourself procrastinating, just remember that face and get going. Take action. And it's so funny because that is so sticky. I would get calls from people like three months later and they'd say, I have no idea what you do. I can't remember. I know you saw you speak someplace, but you're the guy with the dog, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it starts conversation. And and I took action to be even another level, which is a six-step process now, 
with the acronym ACTION. That's my gem for my whole Here Next Year business. We have a six-step process that we take all our clients through. It's been exactly the same marketing process for 20 years. Hasn't changed at all. All six steps. It's just we find out where you are in the process and plug in. Anybody who's implemented that stuff, that th those steps has seen sales growth for their business. It is a no-fail system. All six steps. It works every single time for any business. And it's all because of this process I put together and the mascot that people remember it and identify it. So that's, that's my method, the action method. I love it. I <laughs> so love see it. All, it all comes together. You know, it all comes together through reading, through speaking and through internet marketing. When you have all those pieces together and any one of them that you're missing, you're just leaving money on the table. Nice. So I, again, I know some people have seen this on video. Some people are listening. Those that are listening, um, if you saw the photo of this dog, you would understand that I can guarantee you it tested well right away. Um, if they were testing the cover and they were looking at different images, this is a winner because it is a very, <coughs> excuse me, memorable and noticeable image. You know, the, obviously, whether you love or hate dogs, most people love dogs anyway, but the face, the personality, the color contrast, there's like, there's something about that photo. Of course, it's going to work. And it's about that hook or about that one thing that'll make you stand out above all others. Again, same with your book, same with your title, same with the presentation of the content. And again, that's the difference. Whether someone's using your process or not, it's all about having something delivered in a way that really stands out from the crowd. And that doesn't have to mean it's like wacky and out there. It just right. has to be something that stands out in the way that most of this stuff is this formula that's boring, like ABC. And you're like, well, it's actually ABFZC, but it makes sense in that way. And it actually follows a logical sequence because that, that sequence gets your brain to trigger and you have a learning moment and you implement the information that you learn from that book. Yep. And, and, and the action dog worked well for its time, but the kind of dog that it is, it's one of those scatter dogs. You know, they're just all over the place. They're running all over. If I was actually to have a live dog with that brand or that, that, uh, that breed, it would just be running all over the stage and into the audience and all, you know, just uncontrollable. Yeah. Today's different. You know, it's not just enough to take action. You have to take action at the right time and you have to take the right steps in the right sequence. That's the kind of action people need to take now. There, there's too much competition out there for you to just be running around crazy. You have to be, you have to find out what your capabilities are and you have to gear your whole marketing campaign toward what your resources will enable you to do. So I, you know, we're, we're kind of getting to the end of this and I, I just wanted to, to give to kind of wrap everything up actually with, with an offer that I have that is a free offer. And it, it really encompasses everything that we just talked about because I have a document I've been working on all summer. It's 121 realistic methods for selling books faster. Nice. <laughs> That's the name of the document. And the, the first level of it is completely free. And I would suggest that everybody, whether you have a book now or you don't have a book and you're just thinking about it, plan your book launch and your future marketing with this list of 121 ways to, to sell your book. And, and what they're, they're sorted by how much they cost. So you have all the free ones first and how easy they are to implement, how fast they can be implemented, the expected ROI that you get from each method, 
And then my favorite, which is the necessity. Some things just have they some things just have to be done, no matter how much they cost or don't cost. You just have to do them. If you have a book, you just have to do them. <laughs> so go down, mm. uh, produce my book. Uh, there's an upsell after that. I'll be frank about that. I mean, it, it's a $7 upsell because I'm still working on the next level of it, which is a description with videos of every single one of my 121 methods. That's that's a lot to ask anybody to create best practices for and suggestions. Well, I'm doing it. I'm about two thirds of the way through. It's going to be done by the end of the month. That's my goal. And then uh, I'm going to be raising the price. But um, but everybody, you know, matter of fact, this, this is actually going to be coming out probably after that, after that is done. So what I'd like to suggest is that we create a coupon so that your listeners, if they would actually get that upsell, they would have unlimited access for life to the extended version of that document. So you can go get the free one at producemybook.com. But I'm just thinking about if you really want to take a next step, I'm going to hold that $7 for anybody that listens to this program nice. till the end of the year. Nice. Right? So what should we call it? What should we call it? Andrew? I mean, something mm. simple. What um, do you, something maybe related to your podcast. I mean, we could always call it the shatter the mold special, right? <laughs> okay. So how about shatter? Nice. Shatter. I'm going to make a coupon. I'm going to call it shatter. Awesome. And it's going to be live until the end of 2020. So at any time, you can go to produce my book, get the free version, then right then there's going to be an upsell. You're going to see $97 there. But if you use this coupon, it's going to be $7 for you to the end of the year. Wow. For all 121 methods to sell your book, all built out for you. And you can make your entire three-year marketing plan for your book that may exist now and it may not. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Marty. Wow. So what I'm going to do is, again, I'm going to put the link in um, the YouTube video description and I'm going to put the link in the show notes for shatteredmodepodcast.com and people will know when they click that link, they'll use the coupon code SHATTER until right. the end of 2020. So we'll, as soon as this is ready, we'll, we'll get it out. We'll give them more time for it. And um, the link again that they'll be going to, even though I'm going to put it down in the notes. Producemybook.com. And then just look for sell more books. You'll see the offer for the, for the uh, free 121 realistic methods for selling more books faster. Awesome. Marty, you know, I almost wish I can keep you for three hours, but um, it's, it's too easy oh, to we talk gotta to you. something but... together. A <laughs> <laughs> <Your> day-long training. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's amazing. But I, I am so glad that I got you on for this. I'm so grateful for you sharing your insight and wisdom because the little, the little things that you were talking about, which are actually big things about simplicity, about, you know, about the importance of going through a process with a book and not being on your own. Again, like me, I did it the hard way. I don't recommend the way I did it. And I had a split personality between author and copywriter in order to get it done. It's not an easy road to go down. So uh, for those that, I mean, check out uh, what Marty's got, you know, when that with the coupon, with or without the coupon. I mean, there's a free portion of it also. But thank you so much for being here and sharing your gift, man. I really. You're welcome. I'm glad to help wherever I can. 
Thank you so much again, Marty, for that awesome interview. Guys, uh, you know, again, I highly recommend you check out that freebie that he's got for you along with the upsell. Again, you use the coupon code SHATTER at the link that I'm going to leave in the audio description and the video description for this episode, and that'll get you a much reduced price all through the end of the year. Either way, I highly recommend checking more out of what Marty's got going on because he is a superstar in this specific area. He really knows how to get things done here. And uh, I really hope that you guys take some of his insight from this interview to heart in your business, whether or not you're going to be writing books yourself. Uh, with that said, uh, before I go, quick little reminder, if you haven't done so already, pull out the phone, hit that subscribe button while you're at it, leave a quick, honest written review and get ready because I've got more awesome content on the way soon. So stick around until then. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.